to the Constructionist podcast hosted by Caleb. Just as we grow gardens and build buildings, God is building you through the renewing of your mind. The sufficiency of the scriptures is paramount in your journey, and every week, Caleb will challenge you to make them a central part of your life and worldview. Join us now as we explore the world through the ancient lens of God's Word. And it's Constructionist Podcast time, so welcome everyone to this episode where we're going to talk about a problem that exists currently in society and is being perpetuated by the media and is something that is underlying a huge amount of issues in the world, but something that is almost never mentioned and never given as one of the problems with the world in which we live today. And... That problem is the problem of interpretation or how we are taking what we see in one thing and applying it to another or how someone has particular ideas or thoughts or expectations of society and so they push it, push it, push it, expecting everybody else to give in and and eventually say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Let's just do it that way, or I want to be that way, or something to that effect. It's the problem of interpretation. Now, interpretation is an interesting subject, and is very understudied as a mental discipline, in my opinion. I've looked at, uh, I mean, not exhaustive research, but I have looked at a number of uh, universities, Bible schools, seminaries, things like that, and try to determine if they have a course on hermeneutics or on biblical interpretation or on just interpretation in general? Uh, And the answer is not really. Not a lot out there. Now, the school that I am doing my master's with is King's Evangelical Divinity School. And if you look back on our podcast, I think I did uh, three or four podcasts on King's Evangelical Divinity School and the courses that they have on offer and how I've benefited from them and enjoyed them and think that you could benefit as well. So it is a school or a college that specifies its primary aim as learning how to interpret the Bible or this idea of hermeneutics. Now, hermeneutics is sort of the technical word or the scholarly word. Interpretation is a more basic word. Most of the time when we think of interpretation, we think of going from one language to another. We need somebody to interpret. So if you're, if you're looking at Facebook and somebody posts something in Korean, uh, it uses the word translate. Do you want to read a translation of it? So a, a couple days ago, my wife said, hey, do you remember old so-and-so? I said, oh, yeah. And uh, she said, oh, here, she did this long post in Korean. Here's the translation or the interpretation, <laughs> you could say. And it was, it was so convoluted and funny. There's no way this lady actually wrote what it was that Facebook was telling me the translation of it or the interpretation of it was. It was so silly. It was unbelievable. I saw a couple points my wife couldn't even carry on reading because she was laughing so hard at what Facebook said the interpretation of her statement was. So in the end, we didn't really know what exactly. I mean, we could glean a little bit from it, but we didn't know exactly what it was that she was trying to say. So that's one level of interpretation, going from one language to another. I need an interpreter. I need a translator. Uh, 
Those are sort of interchangeable terms. But if you translate something or you interpret something, you're going from one state to another, from one uh, method of communication to another, if we're talking about languages. So uh, telephones do this all the time. If you pick up the phone and make a call, it, it converts your words into mathematical, or I should say computer algorithms, and then shoots it across a variety of communication channels, your phone, over Wi-Fi, over cellular, through a few servers, spit it back out on the other end backwards to another phone, and then that phone decodes what was stated and puts it into sound waves for you to listen to on the other end. So it translates or it in uh, what you said into one language it understands and then shoots it out at the other end. Very clever how that all works. Very clever indeed that you can take uh, a sound and convert it into ones and zeros or whatever sort of numeric mathematical algorithm the computer understands and then spits it back out the other side as an exact rep replica depending on how good your speakers are. But your brain gets it, and your brain actually doesn't need the totality of what the speaker on the other end has put out of their vocal cords. So as I'm talking right now, my vocal cords are making continuous sounds, but my recording device is turning those into a digital format, which is just loads of points it's either yay or nay. It's either yes or no. It's either this or that sound. It's either this or that uh, uh, one or zero or bit of data. And then it spits it out the other end. And so there are people, that's one reason why records are making a comeback in the audio listening world is because a record is more accurate in the reproduction of the sound because it's actually a grooved representation of the sound wave on the record itself. And so it sounds fuller because the digital device is just spitting it out at 44,000 points uh, per second or something like that. Uh, but it's still choppy in one sense. So anyway, that's, that's sort of, I hope you can understand now this idea of interpretation. Now let's move it to another level. So interpretation uh, is all about one of the primary things that people talk about in the world of uh, interpretation theory or hermeneutical theory is this idea of pre-understanding or prejudice as in pre pre-judging pre-understanding pre-judging prejudice or presupposition to suppose beforehand before you have any information coming your way these three terms are also related to the idea of bias where you you're leaning one way Maybe, maybe not for any good reason. But the pre-understanding, prejudice, or prejudgment, or presupposition are all similar terms to mean that you are coming to something beforehand with a not totally analyzed and thought through position on a matter. And so now you are looking at this situation from this perspective, from this point of view, we could say. So that being the case, it colors initially 
whatever it is that you're hearing. And it depends on how I could say open-minded or how critical in a good sense or analytical your thinking is to evaluate what it is that's being presented to you. Okay. So for instance, I used to live in South Africa where for many, many years they had what was called apartheid. Well, apartheid is an Afrikaans word which means to separate or to keep everybody apart. It's been suggested as well in Germany uh, pre-World War II for having an apartheid system for the Germans uh, again, uh, uh, to separate them from Jews. I've also, uh, my understanding is from people who've actually been there is countries like Malaysia also have a kind of apartheid system. A caste system is a sort of apartheid system. Like in India, the caste system, or North Korea has a caste system where people are born into different categories and they're treated a certain way based on that category without any examination of who they are as an individual or giving them any opportunities to progress uh, upwards. You can certainly go downwards if you break the rules, but you don't go upwards. So anyway, um, this whole idea is of apartheid. Let's go with South Africa because I used to live there. Um, it was based on people's skin tone. That's all that it was based on. If you were black, if you were colored, if you were a Jew, if you were an Indian, if you were white, those were the primary classifications. And you were put into certain categories. Now, the problem is, is if you have a closed system, that works out just fine, which South Africa was a closed system. But what happens when a group of Japanese people show up and they want to open up a car factory? And now an Asian is not part of your classification system. Asians are not black or white or colored or Indian or Jewish. So what do you do with them? How do you classify them? And this was a real problem. And so when the Japanese showed up, the, the government of South Africa obviously wanted to make money and they were quite happy to have them come and create jobs and things like that. But how do we classify them? So they had a predetermined mindset that everybody falls into a classification. There was no, there was no sort of reassessment of the system. Uh, there was no, like creating of new laws to say, hey, there's actually people in the world out there that don't fit within our system. What Maybe our system is at fault. You follow me? So here's the problem. When you are automatically convinced or you have a presupposition or a prejudgment that your system is flawless, you've got to take outside elements and make them fit, even if it seems a bit silly. So what happened in their situation is they declared the Japanese, or maybe they were Koreans, either way they were Asians starting a car company, they classified them as honorary whites. So they gave them the highest level of, of classification in society under the apartheid system, obviously because they wanted them to have the most freedom so they could create factories and create jobs and, and have all that privileges given to them, even though they wouldn't consider themselves white. They're Asians, you know. So this whole thing about racial discrimination and different people groups and they should be lesser or greater, it's all arbitrary based on how your preconceived idea is, how what was presented to you or what was your built-in assumptions that you then build your system on. You see what I mean? So it's all about interpretation. 
they're looking at their world, the world of South Africa, and they created a system by which they interpret everything. And that interpretation classifies people, black, white, uh, Indian, colored, Jew, into certain classifications. And then if something comes in from the outside, oh, we can't question the system. We can't question our predetermined ideas, our presupposed way of doing things that we don't want to criticize because it works for us. No, no, we have to find a way for these people to get fitted into the system so we don't have to mess up the system because that would completely change the whole of society as we know it, and it would be bad. So you see what I mean? This is all about interpretation. You're looking at something, processing it, spitting out a conclusion. Now, here's where it gets even worse. I think I've mentioned this before on this podcast that when uh, last year, sometime last year, uh, there was a news report that came out where they were reporting on women who wanted to transition to be men, but then changed their mind and decided they'd be better off as being women. Now, I'm all for that, so that's good. But the last lady that was interviewed made an interesting comment, and she said, now I don't know what I am, because I went down the road taking hormone drugs, doing the surgery, things like that. I destroyed my body. Now I don't know really what I am, but I messed up because I interpreted myself a certain way for so long and went down and made certain decisions that are now irreparable, and I can't fix them. So she used the phrase, how I interpreted myself. Now, this is vitally important today in the world of social media, uh, in the world of uh, everybody has a bandwagon they're on, social influencers, politicians. Uh, you know, when the Ukrainian war began, every, loads of people were putting up Ukrainian flags. When election time comes around, loads of people put up, uh, you know, vote for so-and-so. When Black Lives Matter was a big deal about three or four years ago, everybody had Black Lives Matter, and then people turned around and had, no, police lives matter. Everybody had their different stance that they were taking on particular issues. And it was all based on how they were interpreting the world through their own pre-understanding, pre-judgment, presupposing bias. I'll throw all four of them out there at once. The question then, and coming from my world of sort of theological academics, is it justifiable, that position? I don't care what the position is. It could be pro-black or pro-cop. I don't care. The question is, is, is it justifiable, and can you explain it correctly? So this idea of interpretation or hermeneutics is vitally important because it affects how we actually function in the world around us, and in some cases, people's very lives are at stake. Somebody will break out a gun and shoot somebody else over their interpretation of who that person actually is. Does that make sense? So, here's the challenge for us. We call ourselves Bible believers, Bible readers. Where do we begin when we are interpreting the Bible? And then how does that interpretation flow out to the whole world around us? It's something I'd like to explore. It's an interesting topic. But let's begin first with this idea of hermeneutics. What exactly is it? 
So I was just reading a book yesterday that this guy was bemoaning, and this book came out like 20 years ago, but he was bemoaning a bunch of books on biblical interpretation that had come out in the 90s and how they were changing definitions of words like hermeneutics, exegesis, meaning. Those words were altering in their... I'm thinking about a good word. They were becoming like fractured in their definitions. Now, the question then is, is we begin back with how do we interpret words? Words have to have meanings. So ever since uh, modernism gave way to postmodernism, there's been this shifting of truth residing in an individual, not objectively or uh, you could say propositionally. So propositional truth or objective truth comes out of the modernist way of thinking, which dominated from about 1750 to about, uh, or 1780 to about um, 1980, was an area the era that we call modernism. Now, there's pros and cons to modernism, but modernism did bring about the technologically advanced world in which we live today, because things happen based on systems, on mechanics, on predictable uh, results based on, interp- on experimentation and science. No problem with that. But there is evil to it as well. I mean, consider Germany World War, pre-World War I. They were growing at such a rapid technological rate, and yet the morals did not follow with it. It actually turned into a disaster zone when their ideology of what their neighbors, the French, the Russians, and the British thought about them, they were so paranoid and so afraid of being encircled and attacked that they preempted a war (laughs) with the world, but primarily against the French, the British, and the Russians, and as a result, were absolutely decimated, which then made Hitler mad, because he was mad that the ideology of his, of the old men that he trusted didn't work, that he created an even more evil ideology and then kicked off what we now call World War II, which was basically World War I Part II, and tried to finish the job and then had the same problem, ended up becoming absolutely decimated. And because, you know, God's looking down at him and going, give me a break. This, this is so deep, demonically inspired. And the way you're approaching things is so evil because you've interpreted the world a certain way. So the Germany of pre-World War I was interpreting the world in a way where the, it, was, it was based on the ideas of Darwinism and things like that, that they needed room to move. They needed room to evolve. They were obviously the higher species, the higher race. So all other races really should be subservient to the Germans. And so let's just wipe out the ones that are, that are kind of marginal over there or the ones that are obviously just peasants and not advanced like we are. Let's get rid of them, take their resources, and have room to move. So this is, this is shifting. I, it, it sounds stupid, but it's shifting Darwin's uh, finch beaks to massive sociopolitical ideologies. It's all about survival of the fittest. It's all about evolutionary expansion and growth. It's all about being superior to everybody around you. So that being the case, how do you now interpret? 
So modern, that's, that was a sort of a side thing on modernism and how it messed up Germany and, and affected us even to this day. But getting back up into today with postmodernism, the idea that truth resides within yourself, that means that you now put way too much emphasis on your presuppositions, your prejudices, your pre-understanding, and your bias. And that, that, uh, um, overemphasis then makes you lopsided. So you have to now find a way to create balance. So I'm going to leave it there, and we're going to call that part one with a cliffhanger. I've presented sort of the problem. The problem now is that every human being is, po- is born with a pre-understanding, a pre-judgment, a presupposed position that creates bias that may be okay, but also can be turned into evil. So at that point, we need to now purge ourselves of this way of interpreting the world around us. If we're being bombarded by thoughts, by ideas, external ideas that tell, you know, young women that they're, they're lesbians or they should be boys or something like that, or young men that they can't, they can never achieve anything. Um, you know, they have to identify as a woman in order to succeed at sports or something like that. This is, this is a sort of a perversion of the way things should be. But it's all about how we're interpreting. We're presenting a, an image or an idea to somebody. They take it and reinterpret it to themselves, and then they run with it. And it's so much easier to run with something sinful because it feeds our flesh and makes us feel good for a minute and we get a fix on it than it is to try to interpret things in a righteous or a holy manner which then we're fighting against our own flesh, but we're pursuing God in the process. So we're going to leave it at that. Food for thought. You now process until the next podcast comes out what it is that you are being imbibed with that cause you to look around and say, oh, is that why I've always thought such and such about such and such or whatever? There's lots of little tricks that we could go into about it, but we're not going to bother right now. Uh, but I will suggest maybe from a film perspective, I would suggest getting Answers TV and watching their series that they do where they, where they critique films from an ideological perspective. They're not talking about how many swear words are in it or how many people get shot. They're talking about the ideological perspective of the film and how it relates to a biblical worldview. So that may be a good place to start to kind of get you thinking about, oh... The world is trying to change the way I think about things to make me act a certain way. And actions follow thoughts. Thoughts are implanted into people from some source, and it's either evil or righteous. So I'll leave it with you on that one. God bless you. Read your Bible. Read, read, read. And we'll see you again next time. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. If you are challenged and encouraged by what you heard today, please feel free to share it with any friends or family you like. You're welcome to email us at calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. That's calebtheelectrician at gmail.com. And remember to leave a comment at iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere that you listen to podcasts.